Hey there! Welcome to Well Dukes. This podcast is brought to you by UREC Health Promotion. Tune in every other Wednesday for conversations that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and wellness and helps you be Well Dukes. Hello, Dukes, and welcome back to the Well Dukes podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Shutt, and today we are joined with Daniel George. Would you like to introduce yourself for everybody, Daniel? Sure. So I'm a staff psychologist at uh, the Counseling Center here at JMU. I'm completing my postdoc right now. Um, My research over the last uh, seven or so years has, has really focused on the intersection of technology, mental health, and psychotherapy, um, and particularly on leveraging and sort of steering technology uh, in a positive direction. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in social media per se, um, but I think I, I have a pretty good sense of the space. Well, that's really awesome because today we are going to be talking about the five things you need to know about social social media usage So we're going to hop right in. And at number one, we're going to kind of look at the positive effects that social media can have on a person. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of the conversation uh, these days is on the negative impact. So I really do appreciate the ability to talk about the positives. And I think I like to start by just thinking about how amazing all of this actually is. I mean, just the fact that we've gone from this place of office-sized computers to these little supercomputers in our pockets that give us access to the collected knowledge of humanity and every song ever written, um, every book and and film, and all of that sort of in your pocket, always present, always with you. I think when it starts to get a little more complicated is when we, you know, in the mid 2000s, you start to see the advent of social media. Um, there was stuff before then, but that's when you really see the big platforms that we're familiar with take off. And so we took all this power that we'd sort of um, consolidated into the smartphone and we made it really personal. So we tied it to your identity, um, yourself, your creative expression, and we made it really social. So we interlinked it with like your relationships. And so benefit-wise, I mean, connection is the one, the first one that comes to mind. So the ability to connect across the entire globe, really, instantly. The ability to have deeper or more persistent connections with, like, family, loved ones, friends. Um, the potential for reducing, like, isolation and loneliness. Um, like, sharing experiences platform for self-expression, creativity. Um, You know, one of the things that I find pretty interesting is I think there's like a visible impact of, it's not just social media, but digital technology, internet, et cetera. Like Gen Gen Z, who are, you know, the people born, I think 1997 to around 2012, you know, those are my clients as a, as a, as a, uh, counseling center psychologist. And I just feel like the people I interact with have this really broad understanding of the world. I think they're incredibly creative, a really amazing sense of humor, like a surreal sense of humor, a lot of compassion, 
and caring, a belief in therapy and mental health and like self-development. Um, so that I think it's not totally the result of technology, but I think that plays a large part in it. Um, you know, and I think people can look at their own use of these technologies and see probably the good and the bad within them, you know, like in preparation for talking today, I, I just looked at my own TikTok <laughs> where, where, where I think like a lot of, it's one of the more maligned platforms right now, you know, that's, and, and I think the stereotype is lip syncing people and eating Tide Pods and that stuff. But, you know, so I pulled it up and I looked through it and I kind of recorded what was coming up for me, you know, so it starts with um, an ornithologist in a jungle describing some bird he's studying. And then it's like an archeologist talking about Amber <laughs> and then um, a woman talking about treating her dog's anxiety and then like a walnut tree farmer. Um, some like first person perspectives on this Ohio sort of train derailment disaster that's not necessarily being covered a lot by mainstream news, a trauma therapist talking about her work with clients, of course, like a funny cat video, you know, but yeah, all of that is, is that harmful? You know, is that beneficial? I don't know. I do think that it's probably not great for my attention span, <laughs> but I, there's a lot of benefit that I feel like that I get there. So I think we probably all have our own, um, story of the way that we do get benefit from these platforms. Absolutely. And I think that starting with the positive effects is always a great way to look at social media, but going into some of the more negative effects um, at number two. Yeah. And these are pretty easy to find. Um, and I, I guess really focusing on, on Generation Z here, um, or Zoomers, as, as we like to call them. Um, you know, so I talked about how kind of funny and creative and compassionate this generation is. But I also think they're the first generation to be truly shaped by algorithms and what are called persuasive technologies. And so, you know, we have this economy that's a lot of it is stock market driven. And, and that is this paradigm of endless growth. And attention then becomes another commodity. And I kind of think of it almost like an oil drilling analogy. I mean, you're starting out with the easy stuff. We just provide content that people like and they tune in, but we need more. We need to keep growing. So we need more attention. Um, and so we start studying uh, and tracking responses and using, using artificial intelligence to manipulate people's emotions. And it's almost, if we stay with the oil drilling metaphor, it's like we're moving into fracking now <laughs> and we're really we're doing this kind of destructive version of it. Um, and I think that we're causing damage in ways that we don't understand. But th I think the ways that are more obvious are, um, you know, just sheer volume, you know, like I think the average CDC talked fairly recently about seven to nine hours per day of screen time is kind of the average. Now that includes like laptops and TVs and all of that. I think the average number of like, picking up the phone and unlocking it's around 50 times a day, thousands of swipes and taps. More than half of, of Gen Zers uh, check their phone first thing in the morning. They feel like they spend too much time on their phones and they feel anxious when they don't have them. In terms of the brain effects, I mean, 
at the more severe end, it does look like substance addiction. Um, you know, reward system activation is going on. We see kind of across the gamut um, mental health effects, decreased well-being, increased disordered eating, anxiety and depression, impulsivity, hyperactivity, um, it's kind of like an across the board rise in, in mental illness, which I think a lot of people are are just sort of anecdotally noticing. One of the big researchers in this area, Jean Twenge, uh, she's really done a pretty strong correlation between the advent of smartphones and social media and this precipitous decline in mental health. So it feels pretty connected. And, you know, I think they're one of the other things that is, is quite I don't know, alarming to me is this kind of the self becoming a product. You know, there's this study they do every year. Um, I think it's government run. I'm not getting this exactly right, but it it's looking at what do you want to be when you grow up, when you're in kindergarten or first grade or something. And fireman, doctor, veterinarian, marine biologist, that kind of stuff has been standard. And now more recently, some of the kids are starting to say famous. And then the question is, well, yeah, okay, well, what do you want to be famous for? And it's like, just famous. <laughs> That's not necessarily a problem, but this kind of pursuit of likes and this endless performance, I mean, I think it's having an impact on self-image, clearly. Increased body dysmorphism, um, a lot of interpersonal co social comparison, a lot of FOMO. On the extreme end, people getting surgery to look um, more like their Snapchat filters. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, and I, I think it's really hard to differentiate how much of this is societal, cultural, technology more general, social media. I don't think we really know how to differentiate all of those different things. But it does seem clear that it's having a negative impact. And going a little deeper into our negative effects or impact that um, social media can have, at number three, signs of maybe not necessarily complete addiction, for some it may be, um, but just signs that it may be consuming somebody's life or um, things that you see in terms of people that are struggling with social media usage. Yeah, I think this really is going to vary. I mean, in severe cases, you can see stuff that looks like substance disorder, you know, um, and you've got, it's really interfering with day-to-day -day functioning. It's impairing. Um, there can even be some kind of uh, with emotional withdrawal effect. Um, I think of it more like over-dependence than addiction, though. Um, and, and I think it, in terms of how you know, I think most of us have an intuitive sense that it's when it's a problem. Um, look at your screen time, you know, look at your individual app screen time. Does it feel like too much just on, on the surface? Um, how do you spend time? What is the emotional impact like when you spend extended periods of time? Are you using it to avoid difficult times or things that you need to do, but that are kind of scary. You know, is it getting in the way of your relationships? Is it fracturing your attention and you're struggling to, to pay attention? Are you more critical of your body image and comparing yourself more to other people? 
I think it's worth thinking about your, your screen time. This is something I've, an exercise I've done with people before. Um, so let's say you do seven hours a day and, you know, as a Gen Zer, if you live, say, let's say you live to a hundred, seven hours a day, you would need to multiply that by about 30,000. And then you're getting, this is how many hours of my life I'm on screens or get real specific. This is how many hours I'm on TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram. How does that feel to you? Like what matters to you in life? And is that aligning with what matters to you and how you want to spend your life? Often, I don't think it is. And so I think of it less like addiction, more like, um, is this how you want to spend your time? Because it's in many ways manipulating you to spend your time there. And you might have things that you care about a lot more that you're then sacrificing. Absolutely. And I think you kind of started already kind of touch on how you have had people in the past kind of evaluate, evaluated it. But um, at number four, what are some other ways that you recommend to people to just take a break from it all? Yeah. So um, I helped co-create a passport event. What I talk about in there is we can think of two basic things, less use and different use. And so um, on the less use side, um, it's like alternatives, you know, like looking for things that bring you a sense of, of meaning or enjoyment, you know, whether that's going in nature or uh, engage making art or music or spending time with friends, just, you know, the list is, infinite really of things you can do instead and you can get intentional about that if you if you want and if you need to you can get really intentional and say this is what my schedule is going to look like during the day or this is when i can and cannot use social media you can set screen limits on your on your phone um people can <laughs> people can take this really far and like you can make you can make your phone only show things in black and white and it's immediately less appealing or just, you know, you're putting up barriers essentially between you and this thing. And, and with the thought being, if you're engaging more with your life and what matters to you, that'll be intrinsically rewarding. And if you're putting up barriers to, to use, um, it'll just be less compelling. I, but I also think it's important to think about how you can use it differently. Really take a, a look at what you're doing. Are you using it to express yourself, to engage with causes you care about, to communicate with people? Or are you just sort of um, passively absorbing other people's lives? Can you do more of the former? Like, can you um, use it as a platform for expressing yourself or um, you know, leverage the, the good in it? Because I think there is a lot of potential good there. Um, and I think maybe the key there is being an active user. And there's some research that shows this too, that active engaged social media use, I think this research looked at Facebook, wasn't bringing people down. It wasn't causing the same mental health deficits or, or effects as, um, as this passive absorbing kind of use. So, you know, it's about just being more intentional I would say it's not a bad rule to just try to use it less. And there's lots of, uh, in this handout that, that you can put a link to there, are, there's literally, I don't know, like 30 different ideas for this and, and ways to address it. So 
So could you maybe touch on a few different ways that you've recommended that different use category? You know, one thing is to curate your feed, right? So are there accounts that you probably don't need to be following? Are there ones that bring you down or promote outrage or division that negatively impact your mood or make you feel bad about yourself? And then on the, on the other side, are there ones that kind of lift you up and make you feel positive and connected and creative? And so unfollow and follow in a way that sort of curates your feed. Like I sort of touched on creative use, um, you know, can you share your art on Instagram or your music or your poetry? I think something really cool that people are doing is just like collaborating. You know, you'll see this on TikTok, like someone will play a melody and then there will be multiple people doing their own melody on top of that. And you're creating this collaborative piece of music that's really awesome. Like I said, kind of um, barriers that you can you can put there, you know, like a really simple mindfulness hack is to put just a hair tie, a hairband around your phone. And then each time you take it out, you have to, it's not a big deal to, to remove that, but it, it just a little cue for you that what am, how am I going to use this in this moment? So I'm taking this hairband off and I'm going to use this. What am I doing? What, what is it? How will it affect me emotionally? What am I getting out of it? Kind of just pausing and considering. Um, getting engaged with causes that you care about. I mean, that's pretty doable on, and there's a lot of ways that you can do that or even just finding those opportunities um, and, and networking with people. And speaking of networking, I mean, it can be a great way to move towards what you want to do in life, looking for opportunities to engage with people that are in the field you want to go into just being active on their um, messaging people the, we can think really broadly of the of what social media even is. I mean, we can think of the smartphone as a social device and then expand it. I mean, texting a friend, um, calling someone, video chatting with someone, all of this is in that realm and I think can be quite healthy and connecting. So closing out at number five, we'd love to just hear a few resources that you have, whether that's on campus, off campus, online, or just any other little tips and tricks that you can give us. Yeah, so um, I alluded to, and we can put a link up there to this uh, Passport event that sort of goes into everything we've talked about in maybe a lot more depth and it's more interactive. The counseling center, you know, if you fe- if you do feel like this is a real big problem in your life and that you're unable to sort of handle it on your own, of course, coming to the counseling center could be an option. Talking with friends and family, like all of us are kind of in the same boat. We're going through this together. So we can help support each other in addressing it or kind of engaging in mutual challenges to reduce screen time, those types of things. There's a website that I would recommend. It's called humanetech.com. Um, And if you've seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma, you'll be familiar with this. Tristan Harris, it's his uh, site. And there's a lot of material. There are workbooks, um, groups, ways to engage in activism around sort of the negative impacts of technology. I think it's a really good hub for getting deeper into this in regard to your own well-being and also just like helping make the world a better place and steering technology. 
Well, I just wanted to close out by saying thank you so much for giving us this time today. And we really, really appreciate it. And we're really looking forward to getting this out for people and definitely just encouraging everybody to look at these resources because they are super, super helpful. So thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And just closing out, Dukes, I want to remind you to follow us on social media to stay up on all things Well Dukes. Um, You can also find it on our website. And as always, be well, Dukes. (music) Thank <music> you.